Welcome to Safe House. Welcome to the Safe House studio. I don't know what episode this is. Welcome to Safe House. I'm back. Fabulous. It's a completely safe space for you to talk about whatever you want. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Now I can bleep shit out. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. Welcome to the next episode of Safe House. In this Safe House studio today, I have with me Tom Morgan. How are we today? Hello, hello, hello. Uh, I'm doing great, actually. Just got back from work, had a nice coffee, had a sandwich. I'm good to go. Absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) I've caught you just after your shift. You have, yes. So, tell. I always start by um, saying that Safe House is a safe space where, um, I mean, I have non-queer people on here, but it's mainly queer people. Um, it's a safe space. Talk about whatever you want. You can bring up anything as long as you don't try and cancel me because I won't have it. <laughs> Not on we this can cancel day. you, dear. Can cancel yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking could. Just have a look through my history. Really? Nah. Maybe maybe that one night out. But no. This is the most part. No. This is why I don't I don't talk to people from high school anymore because they know too many things. They know too many things. <laughs> we go by a different alias now. Um. So tell the tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. I'll I'll delve into the creative stuff but just tell them a okay. little bit about what you do and things like that okay oh bro okay so my name's tom uh, my pronouns are he him uh-huh. uh i'm that was my next question damn it. oh was it that's okay no that's okay okay so pronouns he him uh he him yeah carry on <laughs> uh third year uni student studying sociology in leicester uh i'm originally from good old somerset living uh-huh. near glastonbury yeah i'm uh i don't know i guess uh, five foot six yeah. <laughs> That's okay. pretty much that's pretty much everything because I'm gonna go into all the details about why you're here anyway. Bro, I love that, love that. Okay. You don't have the Somerset accent. No, I don't. Yeah, I know. It's a bit of a shame actually. Like, um, it's one of the better accents. I really like it. It's very. I think it's very charming. It's very endearing. Yeah, like I, when I was back home before uni, I wait for the bus. I'm like, oh, I'm me, love. I want a cigarette. I'm like, no, no, thank you. I'm okay. <laughs> all right, my shadow, That's fine. My babber, no problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Since coming up to uni, like I, I've missed hearing that, like the hard Bristolian, hard R accent. I've missed yeah. it. Everyone's just northern here. <laughs> I was actually down in Bristol. Um, I don't. My geography is shite, so I didn't even know Somerset was near Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess in my head it does sound quite similar. Yeah. Me and my boyfriend went down to Bristol f- to watch Dreamgirls, and it was incredible. <sighs> and the people, the accent is like mad. Like it's so it's so different from anything I've ever heard, and the only reference I have is there was one girl on Love Island. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. No, <laughs> no, it was it was because it I didn't watch it either. No, no, no I don't want that on my name. <laughs> that, that, that's why we cancel you. That's why we cancel oh, you. Don't be daft. So <laughs> this it, it come up online that this girl was teaching the teaching the other islanders the Bristolian accent, and I found it absolutely hilarious. That's the only reference I have. But it was lovely. It was great, and I love it. There, there are worse references. There are worse oh. references, I'm sure. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, it's like, I live like 40 minutes away from Bristol. I live in like the like fields. Yeah. You know, wake up to sheep and cows in the morning. But that I always find that's the best. Like, so I was just talking to you a little bit earlier about, um, I went down to Leicester for uni, and that's actually how we know each other. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> And so Leicester's not the biggest city ever, but even going from the countryside to uni in the city is a bit of a mad one. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah, it was intense. I remember um, feeling really uh, not out of place, but feeling like, oh, God, like, I don't know, kind of imposter syndrome, you know? Like I would yeah. go, I go after my lectures in first year and get myself a coffee and sit by the fountain. Isn't it so weird? I know. Like it's really like kind of dystopian sometimes. I know it's it's a bit of a stretch now. Yeah. Like I've been living in the c- center of Manchester for like a year, so <sighs> Leicester seems like a farm town. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is. It is like a. It reminds me a lot of um a town in Taunton. I used to. It's called Taunton. It's not a town in Taunton. It is Taunton. But I used to live there uh-huh. until I was sixteen and. It, I feel like Leicester's almost like a town that wants to be a city. Yes. So there's certain requirements for like cities and it's like, it needs to have certain things. Mm. And I think a cathedral is one of them or something, but Leicester literally just about... Oh God, the cathedral here is shit. It's not very big. It's so crap. The one back home is amazing. Oh, the one in Bristol is beautiful. And it looks like Notre Dame. It's, it's like the architecture in Bristol is 
Chef's mm. is beautiful. I do love it. I am uh, a big it fan. Is. I like architecture anyway, yeah. And Bristol is good. That's the one thing that's kind of different between uh, Leicester and Bristol and Manchester is that Manchester mm. has so many scrapers. That <laughs> scrapers? Skyscrapers. Like oh, big... okay. Sorry. Slang, sorry. I would call them skyscrapers. They're like high-rise yeah, buildings. Sure. But they're... it just ruins the... That's the only thing I wish. Everything was a bit more low down. See, I find in Leicester though that the architecture is really a lot of it's really beautiful but it's kind of not eye level everything is like you have to look up to see it because underneath some of this beautiful architecture are just like kebabies and like banks and poundland yeah exactly but they're, like above it above eye level it's usually quite nice if you ever you know care to look up and risk breaking your neck for it yes I don't know the name I don't know the name of it I've forgotten the so do you know the street that goes, I want to call it a street, it's a path that goes from University Road all the way down into town. Oh, Newwalk. Newwalk. So Newwalk is one of the things that I miss about Leicester because it is actually really beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's, it's like being in Notting Hill. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh my God, yeah. That's how I felt when I first went on my open day. Yeah, it was nice. Literally. My mom, my mom came to see me, I remember, and um, she was like, there's not much here, is there? And I was like, no, but we'll walk down this really nice path yeah, and that's and that's the that's the real that's the real highlight, isn't it? Really, that's the real highlight. <laughs> yeah, it was honestly, it's beautiful. The only highlight. No, it is. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's not a bad city. It's always the people, not the place. Yeah, that's what I find. Yeah, and I actually found like a decent crowd in Leicester. So yeah, it was only in second year. You met Rain, didn't you? My drag mom. I did. Yes, I did. Big, tall, seven foot, like black hair. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Cool makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Cool makeup. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I actually met you. Well, I didn't actually meet you, but I knew of you before I even met you. Okay. My knowledge of you predates me knowing you, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was, I think I was at O2, and I was with my mates just, you know, shaking my ass. Yeah, the usual. And um, I, I think I saw you uh, by the bar, and you were chatting to everybody. It's like you knew everyone. I was like, oh, my God, I think this guy's like some sort of celebrity. No, I you, you were very enigmatic and quite magnetic, I, I have to say. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah it's a compliment absolutely absolutely and then out of nowhere met you uh <laughs> met you uh queered yes queered that was yes. the very first drag show that i ever did that's kind of mad it was so good i ended up taking my uh there's a girl that lived in my house who never went to a drag show before like right i have to take you you have to come um and pure was playing there as well yes my new i've known pure since being in, like I saw a, I used to party like semi with her in Bristol uh-huh. always so lovely um but yeah it was a really good night it was really really good it was one of them where they've got like three normal gay uh not normal they've got three gay bars that are like set like um yeah. what do you call them they're just buildings that I'm, I don't know why I'm trying to make it more difficult but they have <laughs> gay bars that are there all the time and for me I didn't really, because um, I wasn't really into drag at the time, but the vibe that I got from the locals in Leicester was that there wasn't really much like alternative or an alternative to those bars. Um, and they mm. kind of, re- I felt like they wanted something. So then when we put on Queered, it was just a whatever you feel like kind of drag show. And the performances yeah. were all very, very different. And the crowd, like we maxed out. It was in It was a- packed. Yeah, it was packed. And we maxed out the capacity. And yeah, we can like packed. fucking hope the fire marshal doesn't come in because yeah. we've got three hundred <laughs> people in this tiny room. Yeah, it was it was a really it was a really like electric night. And then and when we're going to I'm Helsinki after it was brilliant. It was so good. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. such a good time. I remember we were, like having a like a natter over like a cigarette walking over just having a grand old time. Yeah, we just tied the night away. I didn't get home until like eight o'clock that night. Oh my god, um, not an eight o'clock yeah, in Leicester. It was it was an eight o'clock in Leicester. I had soup breakfast it was brilliant yeah yeah actually it is unheard of in leicester because everywhere shuts at like three and there's not really anywhere for an all nighter you know that was like going home because when i used to go out in manchester in between uni and going home Mm. void was still open i don't know if you ever went to void i can't remember it was underneath kiki no i can't i've only i've been to i went to gay village once with my brother took me to gay village and um it was good. It was an absolute... Because I don't really go to many gay bars but, or like gay clubs. No. But it, was, it was good. Like I, I remember it. It was nice to kind of uh, be somewhere like where you're not on edge, thinking that like, oh God, if I act a certain way, if I dance yes. a certain way, I'm going to get like bottles, you know? I think that's why it's so important to like keep those spaces. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like in Leicester, I very much 
I very much like went around every single bar. I didn't used to really go. I didn't really used to go to the gay bars to be honest until like late right. on in second, late on in second year. So I was going to like, oh here we go. I was going to like Blueprint, Republic. Um, I actually hate Republic. It smells like feet. At Prey Lounge, but Republic was a massive one because they had a pop room and they had an R and B room. Yeah. Now they're the clashing of worlds for me because R and B music is in my heart, but pop music is like in your soul. My identity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to flip between the two rooms, and I used to shake my ass off in the pop room, and just like everyone would be obsessed and whatever because they're all like hetties that can't dance. Yeah, hetties. And then <laughs> it's true though. And then I used yeah. to go to the R and B room, and the music. Oh my god, it was a different kind of dancing. Yes. But I would feel really uncomfortable yeah. in that room because it was scary. Yeah, it's like scary masculine energy, isn't it? Like Yes. The girls loved it. I, the girls loved it. The girls and the gays and the things. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, I just I don't really feel like I've really found a club yet where I'm like super into the music. Right. Because not everyone likes the camp cheesy shit that they play in gay bars there's no like no i'm not really like an you know again i might get cancelled for this but with the minute i'm like having my you know vodka red bull and i'm trying to like get my shimmy on and i hear like rain on me play for the 800th time i'm like oh come on like give us some but give us something here oh you see you're talking to the wrong crowd i'm just yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry let me let me track back to yes yes (laughs) when i because i i put the message out there that I wanted to do a second season of Safe House. Um, and you, the message you sent to me, I'm going to find, I'm gonna, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to find it. You said, because I get creative <coughs> on here. Sorry. All different kinds of creatives and a, a lot of drag queens message me. And although I love drag queens, although I love drag queens, mm-hmm. no one wants to hear a full season of me talking to drag queens and them being exclusively drag performers. <laughs> I don't know. I reckon that could be. I reckon that'd be good. I reckon there's an audience there, quite a big audience. People love drag. There is, but the but the idea behind the podcast is to be like, so, like really, really diverse, mm-hmm. and I want loads mm-hmm. of different creatives. Mm-hmm. And you said that obviously I already know that you do tarot. Yes. And and you said queer witchcraft. Yes. Which that is very <laughs> interesting. So explain a little bit what that is. Start with start with tarot because I know what I know what tarot is. So like what what what's special about it? Uh okay. So oh god, I mean it's huge, isn't it? I mean so tarot is like seventy. I think it's seventy four cards. I might be wrong. I, I think it's you know seventy plus cards. Okay. Um, originally there were a set of playing cards like in Renaissance Italy. Yeah. And as history went on, people used them for like divination purposes. But as we know them today, there's a guy. I can't remember what his first name was, but the Rider Waite group created like it created an official set of cards for like divination purposes of like reading people's future, you know, yeah. and kind of marrying intuition with and like philosophies with art, numerology, uh, zodiacs. So I'm I'm quite. I mean, a lot of gays are very into horoscopes. Yes. And do tarot and hor- horoscopes cross over? Yeah, they, yeah, they do to an extent. I mean, it's only with like major. So you, so again. To like go back a little bit we have like 21 major cards and they, uh, mm. which are like the archetypes so like you know you have death the lovers the empress whatever and then you have your your minor cards which are like the suits so you have like pentacles wands swords and cups kind of like accessories and a little bit yeah okay. um because in like in in sort of new age or sort of in witchcraft in parentheses yeah. those are the sort of instruments that you would need for like pure intuition to like manifest stuff okay and so going back to the zodiacs uh-huh. the major cards usually represent some level of the zodiac so like the lovers for example is gemini okay and i, I think the high priestess is virgo i'm not too clued up on like the zodiacs it would make sense that i'm a virgo and i'm a high priestess to be honest yes it does you dig you dig of high priestess vibes anyway so it feels right it, it is right. right it is right but always right no but it's um it's kind of marrying all these like super interesting esoteric ideas mm-hmm. and kind of centralizing it into one card that bring about meanings abstractions uh thoughts uh keywords so yeah no it's i mean that's like a that's like a very basic a very brief perhaps undercooked theory on on what tarot is you know 
<laughs> I mean, I could listen to it all day, to be fair. Like, and I, I'm not convinced that I would fully understand the complexities of it all anyway. No, I mean, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's like, it's so much. It's um, so much detail packed into one card. And, like, the numbers and, like, it's it's one of those things that you just have to live it, like, live yeah. with it. And like kind of internalize it to really understand it and let it kind of grow on you yeah kind of it's kind of uh attuning it to your own sort of biography really that's the best way to describe it i think and like how to know it yeah you know because it's completely personal uh-huh do you find that it crosses over with your um you said you did sociology is that right yes yeah do, do yeah you find it crosses yeah. over with your course or do you make it cross because i make my spanish degree cross over with my queerness because i just force it yes <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I think that, like, the nature of my course kind of dictates that anything that I kind of do, I'm always going to be questioning, I'm always going to be critical of. Yeah. Um, sociology is, like, the way I see it is it's kind of like an art form in a, in a scientific way. I don't really, under, you know, I don't know if I'm making much sense there, but I like to think that sociology is, like, a super in, interdisciplinary vocation where, like, you're pulling from all these different, you know, anthropology, science, geography english yeah. art music and i think that you know we look at religion a lot in, in sociology yeah and i think that you know you can't not look at tarot and with the course you know specifically understand that there are certain things here that we could unpick sociologically about it so yeah no i say it crosses over but i think everything in my life crosses over with my course yeah <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just that kind of guy you know it's that classic sat in gcse english and there'll be a book that comes up and you'll be like i think it was on easy a uh, if you've seen that with Emma Stone, it's basically she's studying this book about um, this prostitute that, or uh, no, she's a woman and she gets she gets done for prostitution, mm. I think. And then the woman in the book has to sew an A for adulterer on all of her clothes, and then Emma Stone decides that she's going to sew an A on it because she creates this fake. Oh yeah, she creates this fake um, like story about her shagging some college guy, and it's not true. So she like acts on everyone's <laughs> opinion of her. What I was trying to say mm -hmm. is that we learn things and then we end up like attaching it to our lives and it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It is mad how like you kind of forget that actually you're taking quite a lot with you on your course. You know, even if you hate, even if you hated your degree, like you're taking something with it because you've done it for so long. It's a real labour of love, isn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, my my go-to number if I'm gonna taking it back mm. to drag, if I'm gonna be on stage. If you ask me what number I want to do, it will be Listen from Dreamgirls and I will sing it in Spanish. And do you know what? I I mean, I love Spanish music anyway. I think it's... Have you heard of Girl Ultra? Have I what? Listen to Girl Ultra. I haven't. I'm going to type this in. <gasps> She's a very good Spanish artist. I recommend everyone listening to this. If you're feeling sexy, hot, sexy, cute and fly <laughs> and you want something to vibe to whilst you drink a nice glass of wine or Pinot. It's a solve for me. To the sunset getting down and jiggy with it, listen to Girl Ultra. <laughs> Girl Ultra. I'm a very, so I like, obviously, Rosalia mm. is a classic. Mm -hmm. I like Becky G. Mm -hmm. um, and have you heard of Arca? Yes, I have. Oh, I, I really like Arca. <sighs> Arca's sick. Arca's, Arca's incredible. Sick. The visuals, the visuals. And their music is incredible. The visuals are always amazing. So I have Arca 1 on vinyl. Mm -hmm. And then... They brought out mm -hmm. two, three, four, and mm -hmm. five, I think, all at once. Um, still waiting mm -hmm. for the vinyls to come out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't ru rush a non-binary; <laughs> they won't follow any rules. <laughs> no, no, they they play by they play by their own book, you know. <laughs> Let me go back a little bit. So, <laughs> oh, no, I love that. So, I wanted to ask if so. Tarot is obviously you pick certain cards, and then. It, Am I right in thinking that it's kind of a reading, you get a past, a present, and a future reading? Or am I wrong in that? <laughs> uh, so sometimes, yeah, it, you're not wrong. People do that. You know, some people pick three cards. Uh, there are loads of ways of doing it. You get like a Celtic cross, yeah, um, which is kind of, I never really do it, so I'm not too sure. Okay. But the way I do it usually, because I only really do it for myself and maybe for a few friends, because I'm not really at a point where I think to myself I could do it like for everyone, you know? I'm still learning, um, but usually, again, it's it's all really personal. So you, um, you know, sometimes someone might just pick up a card for the day just to give them some semblance mm -hmm. of what might happen that day, or like just keywords to look out for, whatever. But usually, just starts with the question, and whether you pick out 
two yeah. cards, three cards, four cards, 18 cards. It's usually, if you want, if you want like a simple, you know, past, present, future, then yeah, three cards. But it also depends on what you're asking. If you're going to ask something specific, then maybe you need like four cards or do a Celtic cross. But I know there are loads of other like formations that you can do, but that I don't really know of. Okay. So you can, <laughs> you can basically, whatever your intention is with the reading, you can get whatever you want out of it, basically ask any question or... Yeah, yeah. So like, I know that when during Samhain, I ended up kind of asking, oh, you know, what do I need to like, make sure that I, what do I need to make sure that I thrive next year, like through, through this next cycle of the year. Yeah. And I just picked out four cards. It's, it's literally, you kind of set your intention of the question, you know, of the question. Yeah. And you kind of sit with it and it's, you kind of meditate on it, yeah. kind of feel the ground. The way I, the best way I can describe it is kind of feeling like, there's kind of vines that are sticking on your feet that are kind of pulling you down and kind of grounding you. Okay. Um, so you just kind of get really centered mm-hmm. and then you, uh, you just kind of just pick whatever card feels right to you, whichever, whichever your hand maybe feels, feels heaviest to yeah. or where you're most attracted to. Um, and then you kind of slide it out and have a look. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that though. <laughs> I like the, I, I, I mean, I'm very, um, I'm very into like, it sounds so stupid because you're so like in tune with it all, but I've, I, me and my boyfriend love crystals yeah so like i don't know if that ties into it but the the things that amethyst does for me i have uh, it's been with me my whole life like yeah. i've always had a piece of amethyst with me and i don't know why it is but it always seems to find its way into my life and then oh, what was it now i forgot what it was right i keep finding crystals everywhere so i was on mm. i went to spain for three weeks and stayed with this woman and then i found a crystal on the beach and i was like this is just surreal and then i take it with me and it's the exact same crystal um, that i had that i got from a cave in scotland when i was like four I-, I don't know but i just have a massive collection and then i wear amber all the time because oh i love that yeah I-, I have a i have a very big collection of amber i love it love amber it's, just... it's gorgeous it's like a piece of history you know and I-, I at the time when i buy them i know what they mean yeah but then i don't really i can't really remember it i can't really remember it all but they i have them everywhere no i to be fair i don't no, I don't do a lot with crystals because I'm not like, I kind of pull in and out of it in the sense of I'm, I'm of the believer that like lovely spaces uh-huh. create good vibes, but I can't seem to get my head around particular crystals doing right. certain things for you. But again, it's just whatever feels right, you know, whatever feels right is right. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. I think with uh, the difference with crystals and tarot is, is that there's a lot more possibilities with tarot and a lot more like room for I don't know, because crystals are so specific. It, some people can't really latch onto them because it's it's not as believable. But I think mm. with tarot, it's more applied, and it's and it's way more specific to you because you're asking something and you're getting an answer back. Whilst I know with crystals, it's like yeah, same sort of thing with keywords and like key mm. meanings and you know vibrations, or whatever. But I think that they're general. It's general, and whilst tarot is also general to a certain extent it's easier to put you onto that rather than it is like a, for me, than like an, it's easier to apply it to your own life. Yeah, exactly. Than it is to sort of, you know, carry around a piece of uh, like Jade with you for, for example, I don't know, again, it's all personal. So I, I don't, I can't yeah. really speak on it cause I'm not, I don't live that. I don't, I don't really, I have crystals, but I don't, I wouldn't say that I, I buy them because I, I use them for any particular thing, maybe Amber, but that's just my own happiness. <laughs> because amber makes me happy <laughs> yeah because it's gorgeous yeah that's true I, I can't lie and say that i don't have them just because they're pretty like mm. and also they're kind of a bit more about like they're a bit more manifest yes. a bit more towards manifestation than yeah yeah like a specific reading, yeah i understand i guess that makes sense with the whole witchcraft thing the only experience that i have and it's not a, a, a direct experience from my yeah. own life but my mum got her future mm-hmm. read mm-hmm. by someone who is spiritual in that way and um she will not to this day tell me what was said in that meeting because oh. she's told me that all of the things that were said came true and they're still oh my goodness getting ticked off that's what scares me about being yeah spiritual I, in that way yeah because it's just it opens so many windows 
that I just don't need opening. I think it depends what you ask, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. I had an oracle reading after a breakup, and this woman oh. read me for filth. Oh, no. Um, she knew everything about me. Like, I was like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing? You're exposing me. I don't even know you. Like, what's going on? Really? So, I think it, yeah, I think it, for me, normally, when I'm, when I do a reading for people, if I do a reading for myself, it's not necessarily, like, what's in my future, because I think that in order for it to not be scary, you've got to have, like, an active role. Yeah. in the tarot reading and like ask an active question right um instead of saying like um what will you got to it's instead of like using the language of like how can i or how will i right how do i you know it's more because at that point yeah and it's and i think at that point it becomes more affirmative and it's less scary or daunting do you feel because because I, I i always believe in like autonomy and believing that you make your own choices yeah so for me like whilst tarot is divination to it you know to an extent my perception of it has always been for affirmation or for a level of i don't know holistic therapy okay. in a way because it's, it's kind of like uh it's kind of like a new age talking therapy to me mm-hmm. in a way because you're kind of having a tailor made one-to-one experience chatting about anything that comes up in the cards yeah. you know yeah i like that. maybe i've just sponsored anything tarot is but i think that like the tools that tarot have available to them can make it really scary and mad daunting to anyone that asks for their future but if you're too if you're scared to ask about your future don't ask that question yeah you know yeah kind of getting more than you're not getting more than you bargained for because you literally asked for it yeah exactly exactly and you know it's and it depends on whether you i don't know i think it i think it just depends on your level of like self i don't know your your your, uh, your self maybe self-esteem is the wrong word but i think you know to to take it no reading is necessarily bad it's just giving some form of clarity to something and it's just whether you're ready to hear that or not you know if if you have like confidence in your own identity and Mm -hmm. self-assure self-assurement if you have that yeah absolutely i think it's all about like yeah i think it's kind of knowing what i think it's about having like a good understanding of what your path is and then kind of using tarot as a tool to kind of help propel you rather than something to scare you off of something you know yeah i agree so I don't, so. I don't ever think that like tarot should, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong again in this, but I don't ever think tarot is like a, should be a tool to kind of harbor fear onto you or something, you know, it's to make you like aware. That's, that's the bottom line. It's to make you aware, whatever it is, you know, whether it's your future or if it's, you know, giving you some sort of advice about how to deal with like a difficult situation with your family or, you know, with, with a loved one or a partner. It's just yeah. for, it's just for level of clarity. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe like a voice that you in your head weren't going to have that. You know, if you yourself weren't going to have that conversation with yourself, then tarot gives you the opportunity to open up that conversation. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Okay, that's gorgeous. <laughs> right. Okay. So we've spoken about tarot and we've spoken about readings and telling the future and all things like that i want to know a little bit more about queer witchcraft or does that come under tarot is there more to it than just no i mean again witchcraft is like a huge umbrella um especially now Uh it's like you kind of get wicca and you get paganism and you get everything in between and for people that don't know christmas is actually a pagan holiday just it is yeah stolen by the christians yeah stolen by the christians yeah well because apparently the um the whole tree thing, although it was in, they say like, oh yeah, well, you know, Queen Victoria took it from Germany. It was actually a pagan tradition yeah. uh, to bring the tree in for like the, the, the woodland spirits to keep them warm in the winter. Yes. And they used to put like gingerbread on them to feed the spirits. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what parts of queer witchcraft do you delve into and what makes it queer? So to answer this, I'm going to kind of flip it to ask the, the second question first. So like witchcraft as a practice is, in and of itself like a subversive practice of the system it was in my personal like research on it Mm -hmm. um if you can call it that it was kind of a it it kind of became a form of uh second wave feminism okay and kind of married itself into a feminist movement of kind of creating like spaces for females to like have control of their body during like you know during like the abortion rights and like you know female uh employment so it kind of became it was like a sub- so it's like a subversive subversive practice against like you know mainstream patriarchy 
of like rejecting okay. norms and values that are subjected to that were subjected to women at the time. As the practice kind of grew further and further, because it's you know whilst it was yeah. a feminist movement, it's still a religious movement. Um, mm-hmm. And but with that, because they're both married together in a weird way, it's kind of evolved in time to be more inclusive about yeah. issues for you know marginalized people. Mm-hmm. Right, because they already, you know, women at that point were marginalised, so they kind of just translated it to new identities. And when we when okay. we look at the history of witchcraft, the name in and of itself is used to be gendered to just women, right? Um, and it still is sometimes now. But I know that yeah. people our age now are looking at witchcraft as like a gender fluid response to kind of rejecting general norms in the world. Um, so I'd say. Whilst queer witchcraft isn't like a specific kind of witchcraft that I know of, it's just the evolution that it's taken to include more people to its practice. Yeah, and I would say as well, if it's come from a like a politically charged origin yeah. of marginalisation and, and gender and how they cross mm-hmm. over, I would say that it makes sense that it's, it's been kind of like meshed together with queerness as well as kind of a, like a... Yeah. a I don't know, a religious crossover. Yeah, because as a practice, it's all about resistance, you know, because it's looking into like conservation of the world and respecting the planet and respecting your peers where, you know, where you see fault with the system that you're living in. And I think that because witchcraft is so so heavily centered around a a level of resistance to what we believe is what you believe is wrong with the way things are being handled, that in itself is a through line for for different groups to join and pick what they want out of that as a form of their own self-care and their own sort of self-preservation. Yeah. And like as well, like, so from an out, outside perspective, so if someone came up to me in the street and was like, oh, do you want to hear about witchcraft? I'd be like, right. well, <laughs> no, you're a bit weird. No, 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 but, no, no, yeah, absolutely. No, 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 like from a, from if, if I was a, if I was a, 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 not a normal person, but like if I was an, a, yeah. a, just a random person walking down the street and someone came up to me and asked me if I wanted to hear about it, I'd be like, you're a bit crazy. I'm probably going to leave you to it. But what you said about respecting the planet, respecting your peers, kind of like the kind of having an unease or mm. not being happy with the society mm. that we live in and kind of like making it better. And those are all things that we as queer people and I would hope people in general want from life so you can take those things without being dismissive of of the absolutely yeah absolutely yeah it's absolutely well sorry without being dismissive of like the the way in which you um utilize those um points of view without being dismissive of the practice in general because I think that um I think that uh, TV and film, like Hollywood, yes. has created a certain picture of of witchcraft, and mm-hmm. and the way you've just explained it there, if you hadn't told me what it was, I'd be like, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, yeah, because so I think I think there's kind of like an ignorance to it. It's it's kind of it was well, just it's just an instrument in being able to practice in being able to practice like a really beautiful life for yourself. Yeah, you know, I kind of I've always been of the belief that like to live like a life that's really beautiful is to see everything with a level of significance. Yeah, and I think that witchcraft or just you know spiritual practice in general allows you to kind of seek levels of like beautiful significance in certain things that you know when you when I make my coffee in the morning you know stirring it like a certain way mm. and like having like a ritual in parentheses yeah um to set an intention for the day that in and of itself is like okay what what energy do I, do I want to permeate out to the people around me in the world around me like who do I want to be today and I think that like you know we we don't dismiss monotheistic religious practice in going you know in praying for some sort of like mental clarity or for self-care yeah. we don't you know and i think that this is just a i mean I'm, I'm i'm always of the belief of like all religion is basically the same just with different monikers yeah um i just think the witchcraft has a better finger on the pulse of what spiritual practice needs to be right now yeah than what i think other religious practices do yeah you know yeah I think that makes um, sense. Sorry. I think that makes total sense. And I can tell you, you care about it as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's it kind of came at a bit of an impasse with COVID. Like, I was back home and I um, was feeling a little bit, like, weird about everything mm. with COVID. And I think, like, everyone being on their phone and having a step back, you can kind of, I kind of saw 
with like a new set of eyes of what was going on because I wasn't going 100 with my blinders on. Mm-hmm. I was able just to step back and just see, okay, well, like, sadly, there's a lot of crap going on right now. Yeah. And you feel kind of helpless in that because you know you can't really change anything, really. Yeah. Because you are some small little pebble in this huge ocean, not even a pebble. Um, I know what you mean, though. And it's like, okay, well, I need to look inward for this and I need to like try and make sure that I'm at least keeping my. I need to like make my backyard beautiful before I can like the before I can make the things around me great, you know. Okay. And for me, that started with like looking spiritual practice as a form of like, okay, I can I can now start to cultivate like a lovely garden. Yeah. Uh, like when I say garden, I mean like the self, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind <laughs> of like it's kind of like sorting yourself out before you can sort anyone else out or anything around you out yeah exactly exactly i mean absolutely i mean you know this is like an age-old you know this this is nothing new how self-care like can can help bring about a beautiful environment for everyone around you um but i think that to give it some some semblance of a label or a name kind of helps provide you with certain tools to to kind of help see that happen you know yeah yeah and i think i think all the things that you've said no you you laugh because I think you think that I don't. Uh, it's going over my head. No, no, I no. I just, I just think that. Um, I just think that it, it's weird because I don't really talk about this with a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, because I am, I'm so into it. I, yeah. I love it to pieces. I think it's, it's sometimes difficult to really talk about this without it's it being bit... like a huge because it encompasses everything. And it's like, and maybe it's because I don't really feel like I'm the voice of reason for it. Um, and I'm not the one to be telling about it. But... Yeah, but it's it's the values yeah. and it's the the the. The kind of the teachings and values that you get from it you've yeah been yeah. drawn to those because they are genuinely yes, attractive things that that they're going to um, better your yeah. environment your headspace the way you act in life the way you go about mm-hmm. your daily yeah daily stuff, chores yeah, and tasks and whatever that i think that i think all the things that you've mentioned about it and all the things that it encompasses are things that everyone should be practicing anyway regardless of yeah, the I label f- that you put on it absolutely i've always yeah sorry carry on I no 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 that's in. it that's it like regardless of the label whatever it is all of those things <laughs> yeah absolutely are, are great i just think that the name alienates people and i think that, and yeah, that's through absolutely. no fault of its own absolutely yeah absolutely i think that that's the same with all spiritual practice in the sense of like it's not hard to have common sense to know how to be a good human being no. and i think that we as people could learn a lot from particular spiritual practice in general, regardless of where it comes from, yeah. understanding that, you know, it's not it's not hard to be a good human. It's just about it's just about having like a heart that's, you know, it's about I don't know. It's just about having a. It's about waking up in the morning and being like, you know what, like I'm here for not only me but for the people that I serve and for the yeah. people that I want to be around. And I think that to to give it a level of to to put it under an umbrella of okay, well, this is my spiritual practice in my in, and my and my my wiccan practice yeah i can put that right um it kind of helps sustain that as like a as as like a routine or like something to strive by and to something something to like um uh, centralize ideals and ideas around a key concept and what that means you know yeah yeah and that makes sense i I don't know i guess a bit like the zodiacs whatever um yeah just like when you pull a tarot card it's all these different meanings Uh and it's all centralized into one thing so you can put your meaning onto that and that's what that represents to you because it's different for everybody yeah you know yeah and i think that's um, it. i think that's it as well in, in general with religion i think that a lot of people don't kind of want to subscribe to a whole thing because they think that oh if i do this then absolutely. my whole life is going to have to be about this Dictated. but i think it's, it's exactly the same as what you said is that it's personal and it's what you want to take from it and absolutely whatever fits into your life the best I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I could be doing full moon ceremonies every, you know, every four weeks. Oh, we could do a seance like, uh, live. We could, on we the could podcast. do a, we could maybe, maybe, maybe next time. <laughs> but I mean, but you know, I, and I think that it's, it's like a supermarket, you know, you're, you're picking and choosing what works for you. Yeah. And whatever, whatever comes about for your own betterment, so be it. You know, if it makes you a better human being, let's not stop you. Yeah. We want, we want you, you know, I want you all to thrive. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to thrive and whatever that means, you know, and let, as long as it's done with love and some level of compassion and a heart, then I think like, go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, even if it's reading, um, I don't know, anything, <laughs> whatever you do, just, you know, 
that's the kind of driving force for all of it really isn't it all about love yeah <laughs> good vibes it's all about, all about love. love and positive vibrations absolutely <laughs> it is <laughs> oh, so good you managed to find that like at such a pivotal point in yeah it was in time in history really for you yeah it actually saved me like it really saved me in a lot of ways it's um yeah i think that's really important it makes sense as well that you've kind of like because when we get put in these in these like detrimental situations we kind of it's not like react it is yeah. kind of like reactionary we find something to Absolutely. kind of like latch mm-hmm. on to and and then i mean sometimes it doesn't stick people tried like baking and and tried to make dresses <laughs> and did god banana bread. The fucking banana bread <laughs> honestly <laughs> do you know what though i did learn how to make a sick banana bread in lockdown do you know what <laughs> if you like banana bread then that's that's your that's your gig girl honestly that's your prerogative sister absolutely <laughs> but i'm glad that it's something you stuck with because a lot of us mm. um did struggle a lot of like especially especially creative struggled over over lockdown i think yeah and then yeah. it's good that you've managed to you've managed to get on this positive vibe in this way mm. and also take Thank it you. out of lockdown and bring it with yeah. you out of it because a lot of people give up shit like well, you know that's I mean? the big. That's the biggest thing about COVID that I've noticed. Really, it's like, how do we translate our new creative journeys post? I mean, we're not really post COVID yet, but outside of post lockdown, yeah, yeah. Like, how do we translate all of this post lockdown? And like, where do our where do our um where do we fit back into like, society afterwards? Where yeah, where do our energies align? Yeah, where do our energies align with our creativity in a world that we now see really yeah. differently? Like, are we, are we, you know, are we going to go through a state of inertia or are we going to like completely change uh-huh. what we're doing? I think, I think it's, I think it's a really interesting time for, especially for queer people, I think, because I know that for a lot of queer people going back home, while some, some people it was a real blessing, but I know for a lot, like they were kind of residentially quite insecure of like not knowing yeah. where to be, like geographically. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe being back with family that they weren't necessarily yeah. keen on you know they wouldn't they kind of went back to their old self when they did so much work to be themselves after they left yeah. home for example and i think like we're at a really pivotal time now where like whatever we did in lockdown if it sticks or if it doesn't stick it's it's what we do as a response yeah. to all of this and i think that personally for me like picking out a card and kind of kind of understanding the moon or like my zodiac or my yeah. birth chart or the people's birth charts or yeah. their readings it's just a way to connect with people and i think that you know anything that people do now it might might more so than ever be based in a connection rather mm-hmm. than like self-fulfillment yeah. in a way i hope anyway i think that's the most positive response we can get out of all this lockdown i think business. so i think <laughs> it's interesting uh what you said about translating our creative energies that we developed or already had or built on during lockdown and translating it mm-hmm. in a situation mm. where that is completely different. So during lockdown, we're trapped and indoors, can't really do much. And we've kind of like, mm-hmm. we've developed these new skills or new interests or whatever. And now we're outside in the world again. We've, we have all the things that we had before. So we don't necessarily mm-hmm. need all these new things that we've developed. No. But obviously a lot of us don't really want to lose them because we've spent so long inside. And like mm. for me it was drag. So yes, I've, yeah. I've done a little bit of drag beforehand and then lockdown I really stuck my head into it and kind of like I kind of I've really built up a, a, a good makeup skills yes. and kind of like video editing. I was like doing like mm. I was doing the podcast. I was doing Exactly. Exactly. Edited something else as well. We did like live shows mm-hmm. on like online, and I edited a whole like film for Queer as well. God. Like, so then th- some of those things haven't lasted. Some of those no. things it's difficult to keep up when life goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because um, you're kind of you're, the pedal's back on, isn't it? You know, and it's hard yeah. to keep. You know, because everything was very contemplative, very slow to an extent. Now you're kind of shifting back to a new kind of normal, and it's like, oh god, like yeah. all the stuff that I really love. How can I keep that when I'm now like back to some level of like some level of my life that I had before this whole crap you know happened you know yeah um, yeah and I'm I'm at the point now quite a quite another pivotal point in my life where I've actually handed in uh, my resignation uh, at my uh, my job working oh my professionally goodness. as a drag queen 
and that's a scary thing. It's one of the scariest things I've actually ever done. Yeah. Because having a job, this is the first time I've had a job that's actually um, connected to my creative outlets. Mm-hmm. But be- it, it was a difficult decision. There's lots of different elements to it, but it kind of speaks to what you were saying is that in that, um, I built up this creative outlet during lockdown. It filtered out mm. when the lockdown stopped and we were kind of easing back into normal life again. And then now that I'm mm. com- I- I've been doing university for so long and I'm getting to the very end and life has picked mm. up the pace again, I'm now finding that it- it's becoming too much. So I'm having I'm having to sacrifice yes. my creative outlet mm. on, in that way, and then it, mm. it can always be picked up again. But it, it, that's that's the exact the, uh, that's the exact thing we're talking about, is that my my mind is scrambled, basically. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I can't basically we can't we can't keep up with the with the the level of creativity that we had during lockdown, and that that is a very mm-hmm. very scary thing yeah and it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow i think because it kind of makes you realize like oh my god there are so many confines stopping me from like there's so there are so many things that get in the way of my own self-actualization you know so i think creativity yeah. is like a form of self-actualization in and of itself hmm. um and i think that coming out of lockdown and then having to let these sorts of things go that may have gotten you through a really tough period of time hmm. it, it says for, i mean it says to me at least like oh my goodness like why like life is life is now so busy again and like what yeah. why like pourquoi like what's going on um yeah like the regimented structure that life has yeah um i'm now realizing it, it doesn't really leave much room for no. creative outlets it doesn't no. leave room for free time really no. mm-hmm. um i think a lot of people sacrifice um i know a, a lot of people like call in sick for work or mm. hand in assignments late or don't go to uni because they want to have a social life i know exactly yet yeah, like i i have been i have done it myself i'm a yeah. victim of that myself yeah. why do why do we have to be victims of this this regimented weekly structure yeah and this life i've yeah just, it's just crazy because it wasn't like that during lockdown i think you've got to see the system for what it is you know and like whilst you yourself can't necessarily change it it's about it's about utilizing whatever tools you have available to you regardless of what they are you know like when i was back home in lockdown i had fields and fields and fields to walk along and to like sit in and like get inspiration yeah and now i live you know now i live in in leicester and i don't have a garden i don't see much sun you've yeah. got to just try and find it where you can like so i'll go on like a little walk by the canal and yeah. sit and just look at the swans and whilst it isn't the same it's about just finding beauty everywhere and like finding some level of like I don't know. It's, I think it's just about kind of wherever you are, trying to make sure it's a really lovely environment, yeah. regardless of what you have or what you don't have. You know, because you don't have to have. I don't know. Like I'm needing my overdraft, and I still like. I, I and luckily I don't ever feel the pressure to like buy things to fit to make my area feel nice. Yeah. Um. But I I do think there's something to be said for like you know just use what you have to create a really lovely life whatever it is because every you know every, anything that you find like something lovely in is worth something you know yeah um and I, and I think that's the only way that you can really survive post lockdown yeah personally i think it's taking think, a second just to stop and look around and look at yeah, what we've got the a little bit yeah absolutely yeah mm. and kind of being grateful for like okay well i'm late on my assignments i don't really enjoy I haven't really enjoyed my uni experience because it's been in COVID. Okay, but what have I actually gotten out of it, you know, thus far? Like, what have I actually enjoyed? What am I yeah. actually grateful for? I I think that, like, it's it's easy to fob off something that whilst it was really crap and it was, it was monumentally very shit, you know, the lockdown, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best quote. It was a bit crap and monumentally, monumentally shit. shit. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. Like, it was really tough. Um, it's sorry, I kind of lost myself after that zinger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. I like that. And me for being funny. I'm That's kidding. going in the bloopers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like, it's. I think it's you know we all had to survive somehow and whatever you did to survive then it's the same building blocks post lockdown in the sense of you're still trying to find your center and yeah. whilst it may have been easy to do it when you had all that time you know on your ones in lockdown now it's about 
those five minutes that you have, like maybe washing your hands or making a cup of tea or washing yeah. your plants in the morning. It's, it's all of that. Like it's finding, it's finding peace and all of that. It's like meditation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's what tarot and, and witchcraft have done for you. Basically. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Tying it right back in at the end. Absolutely. With a nice little pink bow. Absolutely. Beautiful. Has like to be little pink. Tiffany's white bow. <laughs> oh, but yeah, absolutely. I like pink. I prefer pink, actually. You know, as a kid, I used to be obsessed with my mum's pink t-shirt. Yeah. And I used to like wear it as hair. I used to run around the garden. It was pillowcases for me. Pillowcases, yeah, whacking yeah. Pillow- pillowcases, whacking a yeah. pillowcase on my head. Yeah. You couldn't tell me that I wasn't the pink Power Ranger. Well, absolutely. yeah, I used to think I was like Princess Peach or something. I used to love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I live. I live. <laughs> yeah, just a bit of candid information. <laughs> oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's a, the, the um the the pink t shirt was a was it was a gateway. It was yeah, that was my gay awakening. That and um, it was a it was a slippery slope. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know. I I actually don't know what the gay awakening was. To be fair, people ask me, I never really know. So I, I think a lot of things, but I don't know. Maybe it was um. Actually, no. I think it was some seventies book that my mum had about fashion, and it was on like men's underwear or something. That's I don't know. What, yeah, that was really camp. Yeah, because we used to have to do times like times tables downstairs. Was, like she was uh-huh. getting ready, and instead of like reading my times tables, I just read that book instead. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds about right. I remember yeah. actually went on holiday to France, and we were walking around the supermarket. And um, there was an underwear section, and every single underwear like box had this man on it. Um, Is that yeah? I think. And like they were walking around the shop, and we were playing that like, hide and seek and whatever, like annoy my mom. And um, I just kept running back to this section, being like, and I swear I was like nine. Look at those V lines. Like, yeah. Nine. Do you know what? Though? I I think it's I think it's natural when you're when you're when you're a little bit fruity to be in the to be in the men's underwear section. In Sports Direct, you know. <laughs> well, you know, your mum's trying to get you to like buy school shoes, and uh, just looking at the underwear section instead. Oh, literally, literally. <laughs> oh, there we go. Perfect time. It's given me a. It's yes. given me another time limit, but um, I think as that's a perfect place to to round it off. Bro, oh my goodness, it was so good talking to you. We should, we should just talk more often. Like, I haven't spoken to you in ages. Honestly, it's been so good. Podcast aside, I'll fuck it off. Um, and we'll just <laughs> we'll just have zooms, and you need to come up here and stay with us because yeah, absolutely. I yeah, I do plan to. I do plan to. I need to meet you and your boyfriend. I also need to see. Reece well, yeah, you well, need to see brother. I haven't seen him in ages. <laughs> but we, we should we should we should do something. We should go get gay village or something. Yes. Get drinks. Get absolutely smashed on the heat. Absolutely. And because I'm not working, <laughs> I won't be working in the village anymore. I will actually want to go out in the village. So. Okay, bro. Well, give me a date and time, darling. I'll be there. I even my tarot cards with me. Oh, give you a tarot sick. card. Reading. I was going to ask you to do one on here, but I don't think I'll feel the same. I won't feel the same energy across the screen. Now nah, we need the connection. We need the connection. Yeah. And it's and, and it's best if we do it just one on one. Yeah. A bit more personal then. Yeah. Okay, doke. Yeah. That's the way I like to do it anyway. But... Well, I'm going to wrap up the podcast. Thank you very okay. much. Is there anything? Any final words you, that you have for the listeners? Or uh, do you know what? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know what? Dear listeners, you know, when you're out there, <laughs> I'm going to get very, you know, Mother Teresa once said, peace begins with a smile. So, you know, after you listen to this and you're walking down the street, after you listen to this podcast with your iced coffee, smile at a stranger. It might make their day. That is, that is amazing. <laughs> oh, bro. See, good vibes. All about love. All about love. Everyone I put on the spot, they're like, no, I have nothing to say. They just go. Someone's going to awkwardly smile yeah. at the tube, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally literally well it's been lovely having oh, you on thank, thank you, you very much thank you and, my pleasure. Um, so thank you very much and i'll speak to you really soon oh goodbye my darling goodbye <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye <laughs>